At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Hello and welcome. That was an OSW, very strong OSW review kind of opening. Hello and welcome to LOPR Aftershock for WWE WrestleMania 36 Night 1. And you've caught me in the middle of getting all of the links right so I can copy stuff over. And I've just realised I've not got anything open to actually do that because I'm knackered and it's in the complete wrong times. But anyway, this is a nice little bonus thing for the podcast world before I get into the. Let's type my password in. <laughs> Before we get into the like bulk of the show, and I'm live on YouTube and all that stuff like that, I'll go live on the podcast, give a nice little bonus talky stuff for the podcast version. Uh, this bit is before I've posted it anywhere. So if you're listening, the question is how. <laughs> but I'm equally as impressed because I'm busy putting this link on the. WordPress for the website <laughs> for Laws of Pain, and then I'll be clicking to go live on YouTube. And so it's a nice little bonus. It was like I normally have a little wind down. Uh, I've realised I've done everything a bit too quickly, and I've got a whole minute left before I'm live on YouTube. <laughs> so I'm kind of just talking a bit now. This has gone well, hasn't it? Yeah, sure was a unique WrestleMania. I'll go into that when I get to the main show. This is me warming up my voice, having a drink of water. Because mm. I didn't do that, did I even shut the. Door? No. <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Right, and let's tweet that I am live, even though I'm not. People will tune in. Right, that's just done. Right, this is amazing YouTube. <laughs> amazing podcast content. Um, yes, so anyway, if you're listening to this, thank you very, very much. Uh, I'm going to be tuning out in a second as I go live on YouTube, checking everything is working. Everything is working. Grand. Right, going live on YouTube. I'm going to press a button and then get a countdown. So be quiet for a few seconds and then I'll be able to start the show properly as we get in to WrestleMania. I didn't say that with enough gusto. WrestleMania. Oh, I can't do Vince. <laughs> Give it a go. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess see you in a few seconds. When the bloody get the green light from YouTube. Right, go. And we're live on YouTube with a stock image, as that's all I can currently do um, in this isolation world. It's kind of crap. Hopefully I'll get a camera at some point. This sucks for now. Thank you for everybody who's tuning into this. Uh, send in all of your, I guess, chats or whatever things you've got. I'm also live on podcast stuff on Spreaker, if you want to go there, if that's your cup of tea a bit more than YouTube. YouTube is live. You can, just, uh, If you're on Spreaker, you can click on the speech bubble and send me a thing. Everything's on the Lords of Pain website as well, if you want to go to that. And uh, welcome to Lords of Pain Radio Aftershock for WWE WrestleMania 36 Night 1. To realise I've got a whole load of stuff open that I don't need open. And this is the most unique WWE pay-per-view I have ever seen. WrestleMania 36 Checking the audio. It's all working. Bloody thank God for that. <laughs> anyway, so, most unique tape to be paid for I've ever seen. Um, 
I guess, welcome to the show. It certainly is unique. And in this really crappy setup, um, I have, obviously, if everybody in isolation, um, my family decided, why not isolate together? Uh, so currently in the setup I've got, I've got microphone to the left of me, and I've got all my notes to the right, and they're not in iShot. <laughs> so that's bloody great. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that'll, that'll work out perfectly fine. So anyway, so if the sound sounds a bit weird, that's why. I'm constantly like, turning my head to actually read my notes. So, WrestleMania 36. First note, host Gronk, when he had Party Rock playing in the background as host Gronk, I immediately just went, oh God. <laughs> I was like, oh dear. I don't know if it's a British thing. I've seen lots and lots of British people be like, I can't stand this guy. <laughs> He's such a dick. <laughs> but then American, I don't know if it's a bro thing, where us British people just, in our blood, we just hate people who are like, bro. <laughs> I don't know why. We love Matt Riddle. It doesn't really make sense that way. But still, as soon as I saw Gronk, I was just like, oh dear, <laughs> this is going to be painful. But it was, for me, it was uphill from there. <laughs> if that's the bar, if, if the bar is, oh God, nothing really hit that level for me. There was quite a few weird decisions throughout. Um, my bar was, was WrestleMania, that's an awful sentence, was WrestleMania 36 entertaining? Was I able to escape from the crappy reality? Was I able to get into the storyline that the happening, the investment? Was it there? The answer for me, yes. I was able to get lost and invested in quite a lot of the stuff. Some things took me out of it. And uh, sometimes there was a good match building and then it just kind of ended, which is a little bit weird. I will say there was a turning point for the show where it clearly went from things happening into, like, this is stuff which I can properly dig my teeth into now. So it's... Like, I guess from the ladder match onwards, which is a bit sad for me with Lynch versus Baszler, because I really wanted to get into that match, and I was. It then just kind of ended pretty quickly. I get the story they were telling. In my notes, I go into it a little bit more, but it kind of sucks that they ended the way it did. But in the way that I do these shows is I'll talk about the main event first, and then I will go into those earlier matches, because people tend to care a little bit more about the main event stuff. So, main events... I'll go for uh, Undertaker versus AJ Styles first, and then I'll do the Goldberg versus Braun Strowman match. Hey, it might even be weird if I have to do the whole show in reverse, <laughs> just to count down properly. Uh, then, then I'll do Lynch pretty late. People don't want that. So anyway, if I can bloody find it. Uh, main event, the Boneyard match. Uh, Undertaker versus AJ Styles. And just like every single pre-taped thing, this has split Twitter Half of Twitter, it's, it's odd that you see something as such a Marmite. I've not seen many people with uh, Undertaker versus AJ Styles. I've not seen many people so firmly in the loving it and so firmly in the can't standing. Like, normally there's, like, a massive grey area in the middle that thought it was fine. Um, normally I'm in that bracket. I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I As it started, as it was getting going, I was like... I reckon if I went onto Twitter now, I'd see loads of people being like, yeah, this is awesome, or yay, this sucks. Turns out I was right, but at the start I thought I'd be that unique person in the grey area where I thought neither. Where I was like, oh yeah, it could, it was it was fine, was what I was expecting to feel. But no, they went far enough into it where I properly bought in, which is normally like a WWE trip where they realise what they're doing is silly. Like the Bray Wyatt versus uh, The New Day, when uh, Matt Hardy's pre-taped stuff kind of blew up and WWE were like, oh, you got to do one of them. So they did that, and it was New Day versus The Wyatt Family. And it was kind of, there were moments in there that were tongue-in-cheek, or they didn't do anything that went too far in. Uh, that, was a be- that was kind of my bar, was seeing that and thinking, 
Will they actually be able to go full into silly or not? The answer was yes. They were able to go into... Well, for me, the telling moments were when they were, went full in with the badass Undertaker, as it was called, or the uh, something American badass. <laughs> that was it. The American badass using his teleportation powers. Like, it, that was never a thing in WWE, but... As in, in, on television way back in the day, but the fact of it was merging of the two characters, of the phenom of the dead man and the American badass, like, interchanging powers. <laughs> As a nerd, that was, wrestling nerd, yeah, that was awesome when that happened. But for me, that was telling me that they were perfectly fine to go into that kind of crazy realm where they felt a bit cautious before, and that's what sold it for me. As soon as they were fine to do that, as soon as they were fine for Undertaker to have Pyro going off after he won, uh, it was, yeah. Also, little nerdy note, production-wise, this was the best, I guess, pre-taped fight thing that WWE have done to date. Um, um, Mankind vs. The Rock doesn't count, they just recorded the match. (laughs) That's not quite the same as this. Like this has been in the I gotta call it the Matt Hardy deletion era where it's like um he was out, I was on Twitter during the match just talking about how he envisioned like this the style he had created with the deletion universe and this fit really well into it. Hence why I can understand the split. Because the the deletion stuff has had a massive split from the beginning. Either people loving it or hating it, but there's a lot of kookiness in that. Whilst this was a lot more serious but they did kooky stuff, and that kind of helped it for me. So, like, for the actual stuff that happened, for me, it was a good note when they did the entrance of the car coming in, the graveyard of the Undertaker's music's playing, and then you get the two druids getting out of the car. That's that's not a safe driving gear. <laughs> How can they see? <laughs> and they then open the... Yeah, they open the back and pull out the coffin, like, right, this is setting us up. This is going to be The Undertaker. Open up the coffin. Nope, it's AJ Styles, and his music starts playing on the audio. So, like, nerdy stuff. Sound editing was one of the best on WWE stuff. Like, just normal editing as well was one of the best WWE have done. There was worse editing in the actual matches inside the ring than there was in this, which, for me, tells me how great they did this, or how much better they did this than their other ones, where it's been a bit apparent before. I will say there were quite a few shots. Again, this is nerdy. I've done my film production degree. <laughs> kind of stuff leaking in. There was a lot of blatantly staged stuff. There was a lot of blatantly not... Like kind of this is where you say your line kind of thing because they're not like full on actors they're, and obviously it wasn't a like TV show kind of level of stuff but it was better than everything else WWE have done in this vein specifically like House of Horrors the White Family versus probably, White Family versus the New Day and the other one which was the did yeah did yeah did a yeah, deletion thing didn't they so it's the best one of that vein by a country mile, in terms of production specifically, and in terms, I guess, in terms of enjoyment as well, because I was a little bit eh on all three of those, but this I was well in. <laughs> so that's a massive step up, which is awesome to see. But yeah, AJ Styles coming out of that car was like a massive up for me, and then Undertaker coming down and ears. I was like, oh, they're going to play Limp Biscuit. <laughs> it's like, it would immediately I'm like, them playing Limp Biscuit would pop me, but wouldn't fit the tone at all. So insert Triple H edited it in. Metallica music. <laughs> it's like, oh, Hunter's in the uh, editing booth. We've, we've got to use Metallica. <laughs> I'm sorry, we've got to use anything else. Uh, so, yeah, that's what plays when he goes down. Royalty-free Metallica. <laughs> as, he go down, as he bikes his way down in. And it was... 
the, the whole um, uh, it's one of those things where it's kind of sad. You watch this show and quite a few things like oh, it's a bit of a shame we didn't get these at a bigger WrestleMania because quite a few moments we're like that would have got a really nice pop. Uh, like tomorrow, the biggest one for that is easily going to be Drew McIntyre. It's like oh, we've got an amazing pop, but of course, The Undertaker coming down as American badass. I was like, oh yes, <laughs> and uh, just that allowed him to, I guess, chat shit, which is a theme you saw throughout the whole entire show. Somebody chats shit, then you get bagged, <laughs> which is the, the Jamie Vardy rule. Like lots and lots of taunting, and Undertaker as American badass allowed him to do that. Because just imagine if he has to do this entire thing, but as the Undertaker, like, oh, it's weird. <laughs> as the Dead Man, really strange if he's just constantly doing his souls lines and things. No, it doesn't work. This he's just a pissed off old man who likes bikes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And somebody pointed out like a little while ago uh, during the build of this that Undertaker, as the Undertaker, as the Dead Man, he's lost his mystique, but Undertaker. As this pissed off old guy, <laughs> pissed off old biker, that still works. That's got legs. And weirdly enough, like the reason he switched was kind of to give the give his career longevity was to properly switch it up so people didn't get tired of the Dead Man, the Undertaker. Then by like two thousand three, two thousand four, people were desperate for the Dead Man to come back. It worked a treat. Suddenly, in his later years, where it is the opposite, and people are getting tired of the Dead Man. Suddenly. He can go back to the American badass and give his career more longevity. He's like, oh, it just works. It feeds back in. And yeah, pops nerds like us. <laughs> who just like, oh, yes, The Undertaker. Awesome. So he, uh, he, him in that character added so much life to this match. And AJ Styles with his kind of kooky taunts as well at the beginning. Uh, Anderson and Gallows obviously were there. <laughs> they attacked after them as well. I liked the use of lighting for da moments. Like both sides got to use it. Anderson and Gallows had lights in the shed, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and uh, the Undertaker had his own lights projected behind the tractor. Again, that's a weird sentence to say, but it was a true thing. <laughs> he had the lights behind... Well, I say tractor, digger, isn't it? <laughs> he didn't have a random tractor in a... In a uh, what's it really called? No, can't think of the word. <laughs> uh, Gravesite. Bloody hell, I'm tired. It's half past three in the morning. So the Undertaker uh, had his magic powers, and so did Anderson and Gallows had their magic powers. AJ Styles, only magic powers he had was his fists. And his ability to punch with his fists when he broke one of his fingers. Uh, that's a superpower to me. <laughs> Don't know if you've ever punched before, but it hurts normally. <laughs> Never mind if you hurt your finger and then punch a stiff-faced man <laughs> uh, again. But yeah, so it was... I, the fact they lent in to the kookiness, like the, especially when they went onto the roof of the shed and they had their punch-up and the Undertaker's chatting crap to him the entire time. The brawl on the car as well. Like at the start, Undertaker does a Goldberg into the car window. My assumption was he didn't, didn't hurt himself, but of course, there's something about the filming of all this where it's just like, I can't wait for, like, in the future, where they talk about how this came about and how it happened. It's just the entire thing just screams, like, this is an interesting story. <laughs> Everything about this. And Undertaker smashing the car window, he's like, that could have been real, that. Or it could have just been decent makeup of a little scratch on him and he's make sure, use continuity to make sure it's there the entire time. But yeah, that was a nice moment. Undertaker getting pissed off at that happening and going after AJ Styles at the car. It wasn't until Anderson and Gallus came along that AJ Styles got in any offence. And then AJ Styles at times was able to fight back and get genuine 
offense in against the Undertaker, which was a bit of a worry that Undertaker would just beat up everyone, and it would be like, and then he just pop for the Undertaker doing stuff. But no, they decided to tell a little story and stretch this out, which was a surprise because when they started the promo package for this, there was still like forty minutes, and they managed to stretch it out. It worked. <laughs> that's a, that's the biggest surprise to me is that it actually worked. Like, I wasn't expect. I don't know about you. I was not expecting that. I was expecting to maybe think it was fine or maybe enjoy it and then hit a point of, okay, this is going on too long. But no, they actually stretched it out perfectly fine. Undertaker taunting the entire time, just so I don't lose all monetization. <laughs> just find a different word to say. Undertaker taunting the entire time. And it really, really worked. It's just a... Uh, I say just to, I, I'm just you. I realised I did a stutter as I did something out. I say just check stuff is working. I do a stutter, and that stutter is just to go. Okay, let's switch to the negatives now because it's WWE. But no, <laughs> that was a normal reaction that I have. But no, I, there's no negative really for me to switch to. I genuinely enjoyed this. It was silly, but the fact it let lent into it and wasn't ashamed of it, which they have been for all three of the other things that they've done, and this. This gives me hope for John Cena versus Bray Wyatt that they won't be afraid to do something like this. Hello in the chat, by the way. I've I've just realised that somebody has sent something in and I've just not looked at it. <laughs> so there it is. Um, but yeah, so that is awesome. That's awesome to see that Undertaker AJ Styles was the quality that it was, given that I had a bit of fear and it gives hope for John Cena and Bray Wyatt that they weren't afraid to dip into that. So it's, yeah, <laughs> generally happy with how that ended. I'm coming to this show on a happy note, which is awesome to say. It's just a shame. Uh, oh, it's a shame about the first half of the card, because I've got to talk about it, which, is, which kind of sucks, because <laughs> I didn't enjoy the first half, and then the ladder match happened, and everything after that, I was really into it. And it just went, and I thought, oh, what's this going? What's this next bit going to be? Oh, I genuinely enjoyed it. So yeah, right. Undertaker AJ Styles. That was my thoughts on that. Genuinely enjoyed it. I know, as I brought up earlier, I know a lot of people aren't exactly high on these pre-taped shenanigans stuff. I genuinely enjoyed it. So yeah. Anyway, before moving on to the next match, I'll try and get through comments when I can. Uh, after I finish talking about the match, and then before I go into the next one, so in between matches I'll jump in. Right, so uh, undisputed, uh, undisputed productions with a stream of stuff. It looks like, looks like a stream because my eyes are blurry because it's half past three <laughs> a.m. Right, mainly was good. It was better than expected. What did I think of it? Emoji of a guy doing something. <laughs> I don't know YouTube emojis yet. Take uh, a take a versus AJ stole the show. I've, I've seen a lot of comments like that. People generally either thought it was amazing. I thought it was eh. I thought it was brilliant. I loved it, and I can totally understand people not enjoying it because it is in that pre-taped vein, and they lent into the silliness of it, and it worked perfectly. Which is like again, because we so much hope for John Cena and Bray Wyatt that they got this one so right. There's a lot more goofiness, obviously, because this was badass biker versus cocky Egypt, <laughs> I guess, in AJ Styles. So that's what. It's a bit of an easier dynamic for, I guess, WWE to understand and put together. Bray Wyatt is bloody complex, <laughs> to put it kindly. So there's still a chance that one could be mucked up, but this gives me hope that they do understand this format of telling a story and putting a match together. It really worked. But again, the big points for me, as a nerd, <laughs> was that it, it told its story in a nice flowing way. 
And also, the production and editing side was miles better than everything else they've done in this vein. If John Cena Bray White is up to these standards, consider me excited. It sh- that, that could be great. It shouldn't... I'm not sure if that one should main event. <laughs> if I'm honest, it's probably going to end on a weird note. If you've watched predictions videos to do with John Cena Bray Wyatt, yeah, there's some out there ideas. <laughs> I'll be honest, there's quite a few. So, I don't know what they'll go with. Like, there's time travel ideas. <laughs> there's sending John Cena, reverting back, cancelling his existence. There's so many wild ideas. What they go with, I have no idea. But yeah, still, really enjoyed Age of Styles Taker. It's interesting. To, I'm generally kind of shocked to see so many people really enjoy it. I was expecting like a 50-50 split like we have seen with the other pre-taped stuff. Maybe it's because it wasn't full of kooky things. And it was more of a genuine, serious fight. But they lent into the kookiness of the gimmick rather than just zany nonsense. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they, they didn't cross it. They came close to the line but never crossed it. And that might be the important thing. Yes, it is a quote from Parasite. I watched that before I tonight before I did, uh, did all this. A takeaway on Parasite. Yeah, it's, honest. It's difficult to eat your takeaway with subtitles. That's a tangent. <laughs> Let's get on to the main topic: the Universal Championship, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Uh, moving on to that match. Before that, um, the WrestleMania Championship match with no package to hype and a very very beardy Goldberg. But not quite as beardy as Braun Strowman, though. There you go. There's your build, <laughs> I guess. It's totally understandable from WWE, given the crappy world, real-world situations. I can still jest, but it is totally understandable still. It's two big lads doing big lad wrestling. Just one of them's a tad older, so can't big lad quite as hard. <laughs> Poor Goldberg. But this was, yeah, wham-bam, thank you, Bill. <laughs> really quick. Uh, JBL at the start of the match said... Neither of these guys work by the hour. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, that is the perfect booking <laughs> for this match. <laughs> it's like, if this match plays out like that, perfect, yes. And it did. Uh, Strowman quickly went for a slam opportunity, uh, but Goldie slithered out. And then Spear! 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 I'm not going to go too loud. There are people sleeping. It is half past three. <laughs> so three spears in a row. Goes to pin goal, uh, Braun Strowman, and I'm like, oh, well, he probably can't hit the jackhammer on Braun Strowman, so that could generally be it. <laughs> but no, Strowman kicked out before the three. Uh, spear number four, Goldberg taunts, Goldberg, <laughs> Goldberg taunts and goes for the jackhammer. Suddenly I'm like, oh, well, it can't be any worse than the one he gave Undertaker. <laughs> so I guess why not? Uh, but Strowman counters, and then he hits three power slams of his own, seemingly getting angrier after each and every one. And then... Do you think that's it? Nope, he hits a fourth power slam with emphasis and a little run-up. And that's it. Braun Strowman gets to three and actually wins. Screams whilst holding the title. Like, I'm a monster. (laughs) Kind of like that. That kind of caught me by surprise. I'd called for Braun Strowman to win. But that was in the what I would like to happen category. In the what would actually happen with WWE. I wasn't sure, because they could have easily held off Roman Reigns Goldberg, and given there's a chance that there will be a smaller number of shows between now and, I guess, SummerSlam, there's even doubt that could definitely go ahead. But there is that much bigger gap, so you could have Goldberg retain and then just hold it off for that little period. Or you do what they did here, and you have Braun Strowman defeat him, because you're not going to have Goldberg go over too much of the current talent. Maybe it's just a little bit out there to do that. Just a little bit too much. <laughs> just a tiny bit. Uh, this this was 
Like, honestly, this is exactly how I assumed this Saudi Arabia match against Bray Wyatt was going to go before it happened. Like, I didn't watch the show, but I was on Twitter, and I saw people tweeting about it. I was like, oh, Goldberg's actually won. And I'm like, really? The match we got tonight was what I was expecting. Obviously, just with spooky, spooky spook, because it's The Fiend. But no, here, yeah, surprise. And in terms of the fact that Braun Strowman is now the Universal Champion, like, given the circumstances... This honestly wasn't the worst fix in the world. Uh, it's it's one of those where it's, the only odd thing really was Triple H hyping up the reason for the switch to, that was going to play out on SmackDown. When in reality, there wasn't anything. <laughs> that was just a really weird, that's the only weird thing. There was built up expectation for a reason for this match to be put together. Maybe Roman Reigns gets taken out and then you get Braun Strowman put in. But all we got was an announcement of it being Braun Strowman Goldberg, and Reigns wasn't ever announced. It was just one week, the matches suddenly announced as Strowman versus Goldberg. That was it. There was nothing else. Obviously, before the match, there was no hype package, because there was no package to hype. <laughs> so just straight in, out comes Big Beardy Man. It, yeah. It, but this match was, like, it was everything I thought this match should have been. Uh, not anything more. It's not. I'm not going over the top that much. But it was exactly what it should have been. Like, I saw some people on Twitter posting, oh my god, the match was only 2 minutes 11. I'm like, did you want a 15 minute classic here? <laughs> like, really? No. <laughs> this uh, Wham Bam Thank You Bill is perfect for this kind of match. Two big lads not being paid by the hour, just full brute force, and then it's over and done with. And it wasn't the main event as well. I had, it, I had this penned as the main event when I looked through the card. It was either this or... Honestly, Lynch Baszler, but the way Lynch Baszler went down, I totally understand them putting it this way. Also, don't know how this was recorded. My assumption was they just recorded the matches and then you can edit them in whatever order you want afterwards. But uh, that's my assumption of how they did it. But that might not be true. They could have figured out both nights and just recorded straight like that. But still, it's this match was fine. I had zero investment in it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The only investment I had was like, oh, big beefy boys. <laughs> and then they did the wrestling. Like, that's it. I didn't have anything else. It was, I, I enjoyed it because it was like two minutes. There was no down period. I guess the only down period was when Goldberg had to catch his breath before taking four bumps. <gasps> so that was like the only downtime. But yeah, people on Twitter posting like, oh my God, it was only 2.11. Did you want this to be longer than that? Because <laughs> either one definitely didn't. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, but Goldberg versus Braun Strowman was pretty nothing because of the situation. It was pretty nothing, to be honest, when it was still Roman Reigns. He had your spear versus spear. Some people kind of saw it as a dream match. I didn't really. But that's just my own thing. I wasn't invested in it because there was nothing to it. I was invested in Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns, but I also knew there were massive issues with that. Like, Bray White should never have been champion, and then to get it to Reigns, it would have been a whole massive thing. So they came up with a fix. It was still crap, <laughs> but I guess it stops Roman Reigns versus The Fiend from happening. So, I guess it's that. But anyway, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Never would have called this being the actual match, but real-life circumstances come in. Totally understandable. Very last minute. So again, it was one of those where you're expecting this big angle, and then reality hits of, oh yeah... Editing in that thing still would require someone to actually go to work. And this is not an essential job. <laughs> so as much as like entertainment is a valued commodity, in terms of keeping a country running, like, in terms of, like editing on SmackDown 
to make sure that you've put a thing together for Goldberg Strowman. That yeah, that's not a thing, especially as maybe you've not got the ability. You're not going to have Goldberg at SmackDown taping, so you can't then reshoot. Essentially, there are no reshoot opportunities. So it would have been thrown together either way, so they decided to do nothing, which I guess I'm fine with. But anyway, that's that. I've not checked Spreaker in a while. There's never anything on Spreaker. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Everyone goes to YouTube nowadays, ever since, ever since I've done that. So anyway, the other match I wanted to talk about was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Before I then go through the match in order, because normally around now, people start to get tired, they drop off. So I'll do the final match I want to talk about, then I'll go to the rest of the card. So Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. This was great. The best in-ring match of the night by a country mile. Um, I guess in-ring singles match, I guess, just to put another quote on it. It was, yeah, from from start to finish, I was invested in this, which is weird to say to say how much these two have wrestled. Not like one on one, but in the tag matches and whatever. I've seen the pairing so much, but I was still right in there. It's like, yeah, like immediately. Oh my god, the robes of Rollins, amazing. <laughs> like he actually came out as Jesus, all in white. Like clap, clap, clap. <claps> Round of applause to that man, but not too loud because people are sleeping. It's three a.m. <laughs> Half past three. Like, yeah, immediately the match turned into a ringside brawl uh, with Rollins trying to take the match back into the ring. Uh, where he can try and snap a quick victory and also not get his ass handed to him. Uh, and that was until things swung back after reversal from Rollins on the hardest part of the ring. That came back quite a few times this show. Uh, and again, uh, cue the taunts, suicide dive. So suicide dive, chat shit, suicide dive, chat shit. Suicide gets hit, but then beats those up in the ring anyway. Uh, this is the key thing from this match. Was This was the first match to... Like, really utilise us being able to hear every single word. Like, Rollins was taunting Owens and reminding us of their exchanges from Raw. Like, adding to the match with lines and dialogue, because we can hear them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we can actually hear them. So you can add to the match with the words that you are saying, rather than, oh, take that, I bet you don't like that. <laughs> like, that doesn't really add anything. But this, yeah, this did add it added quite a lot and it was yeah that was uh, kind of awesome to see of like genuine surprise because of what had come before like a bar had been set in terms of what was being said in the ring it was never really anything referring to major storylines really it was more to do with oh i'm gonna beat you now oh i've got i've got you now don't like that do you <laughs> like it's not quite natty nightheart levels <laughs> but still nothing incredibly spectacular but no in this match they used that ability to add more to it and in terms of like learning from Wrestlemania how to do these empty shows I thought AJ Styles Undertaker was a fantastic example of pre-recorded uh, sto- uh, pre-recorded hard, uh, t- Matt Hardy like nonsense done really well uh, this here was how to do the in-ring matches because we can hear every single word why not utilise that Obviously, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are two guys great enough to make it work. Like my example of Natty as well. She probably wouldn't be the best person to do this as an example of not everybody should be <laughs> taunting in the ring and telling a story that way as well to add to it. But these two guys, 100%, and it worked so damn well. And 
Yeah, but there's lo- in terms of the ring stuff as well, there were lots of reversals, counters and strikes. Like, having wrestled 2,000 times these past few months, it turns out that these two competitors know each other's pre- offence pretty well. Uh, no more than two moves each before you get countered. Like, a big signature like the pop-up powerbomb countered as two, so you only got that one. Uh, the momentum was constantly swinging right up until Seth Rollins clocked Owens with the ring bell. The cheeky little... He realised he wasn't getting out of this one. But like, but my initial reaction to that was, oh man, these finishes tonight have all been naff. <laughs> like, even if I've enjoyed the matches, like the finishes have been naff. <laughs> but Or have they? Uh, Kevin Owens called out Rollins for his cowardice and restart we do but this time as a no-DQ, as I accidentally rhymed Dr. Zeus. Uh, I'll be honest, the NAF finishes of the previous matches really helped sell this one here. Like, they accidentally worked as a nice setup. Like, we'd seen NAF finishes already on the show, so I bought this one. <laughs> I, was, I just assumed, like, oh, another NAF finish. But then that worked and me getting excited when the match started again. It's like, oh, it's no-DQ now, yeah. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, under no, no DQ, it didn't go well for Owens initially. Yeah, he was chatting crap and constantly getting destroyed by Seth Rollins' steel chair. Uh, but Rollins went too far into the former of talking crap. Uh, Owens clocked him with the ring bell once and then twice again to send him onto the announce table. And then Owens disappeared. Oh, where's he gone? As Seth Rollins kind of gets comfortable on the announce table, we see, we see Kevin Owens has climbed onto the massive WrestleMania sign that's behind the announcer's desk. like, And he shouts, how about this for a WrestleMania moment? And down he dives. And, oh, wow. <laughs> that looked amazing. Of Kevin Owens just shouting that line and then dropping the... Oh, did he drop an elbow? Did he flip? Do a rotation? I can't remember now. Either way... It looked amazing, and all of the gifts for it. I've watched the gif quite a few times because, like, after this, there was a massive moment. There's a massive segment of just promotion and 24 7 stuff, backstage interviews. It's kind of just like, just screaming, it's like, aka, go pee! This is your moment! <laughs> go! And, um, but yes, yeah, so I got to see the gif quite a lot, essentially, on rotation. But yeah, it was a. Hell of a moment. Uh, even in this, like, no crowd era, Kevin Owens generally got... This match was generally a WrestleMania moment. And that role, that was uh, an awesome moment. Uh, Kevin Owens eventually dragged Rollins back into the ring with the Messiah now pleading for mercy. Instead, he's met with a stunner and a count to three. Uh, that was the first singles match on this card that actually felt like it belonged on the grand stage of WrestleMania. Like, marvellous stuff. And hell of a moment with that crazy dive from Kevin Owens. Uh, f- yes, fantastic stuff. Round of applause. But quietly, because it's nearly 4am. <laughs> just a quiet round of applause. Um, yeah, so all the thumbs up for that one. I will just check Spreaker again, just to be sure. Oh, no, there is a chat. Right, <laughs> there's never anything on the chat. Listen, uh, you rock, Imp. Uh, love listening to you after a pay-per-view. Thank you, Kath. Thank you for that message. It means a lot. When I, my eyes are blurry, I can hardly read my notes, but I'm churning through it, <laughs> making my brain work way too hard. <laughs> so yes, thank you for that. Um, I do want to quickly note before we move on, I brought up that moment after the, uh, I guess after this match, where it's a bit of a down period, where, oh dear, time for a come down moment with Gronk and a 24-7 title skit. Uh, 
Our truth joins the lads in an attempt to stay safe from folk trying to pin him. Uh, but Gronk knocks him down. Mojo ain't letting that happen and throws his best bud away to steal the title. Uh, that happened. So I talked about it. There you go. <laughs> no more. Uh, yeah, it was a big promo-heavy segment plugging stuff for tomorrow. AKA, please go to the toilet now. We've got the Universal Championship and then the Boneyard match. Just go now. <laughs> There's nothing happening. We're promoting the matches tomorrow. No, seriously, every single match, they're all getting a title card. Yes, it is destroying the flow of the show, but you need to go to the toilet. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what that screamed. But yeah, Seth Rollins' Kevin Owens was awesome. It was brilliant. I love that. I guess now I am going up the card in reverse. I guess I'll start with the women's tag rather than the... Uh, end with the women's tag rather than ending with the ladder match, which I, I generally enjoy both of those. So the tag's delivered on this night. But first, the Smackers Tag Team Championships. I realise Smackers is what I've been calling it to the other columnists, that I've, and it's just become a running thing now. So when I say it in the Laws of Pain like radio shows, like, no one knows why I call it Smackers. <laughs> but that's just my name for Smackdown. Uh, anyway, yeah, so for the Smackers Tag Team Championships... Kofi Kingston versus and Uso versus champion John Morrison. That's right, a singles triple threat for the tag team championships. What's all this about? <laughs> so, yeah, so this match was meant to be a tag team three way. You got that, yeah. At WrestleMania, we know what that's all about. However, The Miz apparently turned up in Orlando. He turned up to the performance center showing symptoms, was immediately lambasted and sent home. And therefore, what do you do on the day of the show? Like, the Miz had turned up for the recording. Like, what do you actually do here? And the fix seems to have been, been do a triple threat. Just take out Big E, take out the other Uso, then just have a triple threat. Which, when you look at it on the outside, not knowing any of that information, it seems mental that the tag team championships are defended in a triple threat singles match. <laughs> so it's a little bit crazy. Uh but really, like it's one of those. I wouldn't have minded the explanation, but WWE has decided to, as little as possible, mention that the outside influences. They can just say with what's going on right now, and that's no more than that. Just stay at that point. So, yeah, I can understand it. I can understand it, but then it, for this match, it actively hurt hurt the kind of reasoning behind it because they didn't actually explain why it was a triple threat for the tag team belt. So just it is deal with it <laughs> that said it's a ladder match for titles but it still works and but the one thing I learned from this was that these high gimmick high octane crazy matches work extremely well in these no crowd eras like this was the first match where finally I was properly into it and not really distracted by what it was I just enjoyed the spots I enjoyed the match I guess the story they were telling as well uh, obviously, it's in a ladder match, there's not always a massive story, but you know, from spot to spot, building stuff, people fighting through and persevering. Generally, yeah, yes. So, ladders! A ladder match, because it's Pirate Mania. That's my first pirate pun. Ding! <laughs> With the cinema sins. Um, bloody hell, this was an injection of lightning. Like, if anything, the mid showing symptoms and last minute turning this match into a triple threat made it even more unique. Like, you really don't see singles ladder matches that many nowadays unless there's 20 lads in them. That's a bit of an over-exaggeration, but yeah, there's a lot of people in them in normally. Uh, biggest pop for me after Uso pushed the ladder at Morrison 
uh, but the man was directly where the gap in the A was, so he just laughed and poked the Samoan in the eye. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> uh, I, lo- I, lo- I love jokey moments like that. Also, the one-legged starship Payne off the ring post onto a second rope ladder-prone Uso uh, was also awesome. Like John Morrison is bloody great in these ladder matches. Uh, speaking of a leapfrogging, a leap, leapfrogging, a leapfrog flying. No, try that one again. A leaping flying Hurricane Rana. Don't why I put your frog in there. <laughs> a leaping flying Hurricane Rana from Kingston. Uh, neck, a mighty tope. Oh yeah, and also the mighty tope uh, from Kofi Kingston. Like not long after that as well. Uh, Kingston was hitting this match hard. Like we later learned that more would be happening. Uh, let more be happening. We let you learn that each guy was going to be hitting as hard equally. <laughs> like both Kofi Kingston and John Morrison took it in turns to kill a Uso. <laughs> Just to emphasize that. But uh, but yes. Yeah, so also uh, the big Kofi Kingston's murder of the Uso was when uh, when he when Jimmy was running across the barricade and then Kingston just launched the ladder at him. <laughs> and I was like, oh damn! <laughs> uh, hitting him pay per view style. <laughs> just right down. Um, which led to a big-ass ladder being set up between the ladder and the barricade. This always ends well. On this rare occasion, rare occasion, it was fine. That is rare that that happens. <laughs> like, really rare that it's perfectly fine. Um, Kofi would then go, uh, come to the top to try and splash on the la- big ladder-prone Uso. Uh, but Morrison tightrope walked across from corner to corner and then jumped back into the ring with a Spanish fly. Like, oh... Like, yeah, <laughs> mental. But yeah, so, yeah, so awesome spot. Or to rephrase it, another awesome spot. There were so many in this match. Uh, we reached the point of all three guys taking it in turns, laying in punches atop the ladder. Uh, Kingston holds his ground against both. Uh, in the end, driving himself through Morrison with a double stomp off the top. That looked great as well. Uh, Rope and ladder bridge, as in a bridge of a big ladder dangling on the ropes and slotted into the ladder. My eyes are blurry, can't read my notes. Uh, another cool as hell spot with uh, Uso sliding under that prone ladder and Morrison parkouring over the top of it, just like with a roll. He then jumped on top, tried to springboard, got super kicked. Oh, it, was, it was an awesome sequence. There were so many great sequences in this. Um, Morrison's turn to... Mur- yeah, murder. Well, I can't really speak. Morrison taking his own turn to murder Anuso. He uh, dropping the poor lad off the top of a ladder down hard onto the mat below. That was a loud splat there. A benefit of this being quiet was like every single bump hurt, uh, kind of sounds a bit more like louder as well. Uh, and during this match as well, there were quite a few wrestlers tweeting about the I guess the pain effect of wrestling, where when apparently like, if you do this sort of thing in training then the pain hurts a lot more when that crowd isn't there to react and hype you up and get you amped and put, get yourself pumped and activated. Activated? That's weird. But, and the fact that so these, these guys were doing a ladder match in those conditions, like, that's that's applaudable. Like, that is crazy. Especially as, like, going to the hospital wasn't really an option, <laughs> likely given when this was recorded. So that's, that is insane, some of the bumps these guys were taking. Like, mental. Uh, Morrison with the ring all to himself but Kingston slid in last minute drags himself up the ladder somehow Jimmy's alive and he brings in his own ladder all three men unhook the titles and bicker over them before uh, the two, gu- two baby faces uh, join together and push down Morrison onto the 
ladder, rope pole loan ladder, bloody hell. Uh, but Morrison, when he fell down, he pulled the titles down with him. Oh, <laughs> all, well, quite a few people thought, found that to be a bit of a naff ending. So, ah, it's, I guess it's fine. It was a, it was a fun match. It was in the silence. It was a bit funny hearing Kingston and Uso kind of bicker. <laughs> it was, I found that bit a little bit funny as Morrison's just like, I won. Oh, ow, ow, I won. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, yeah, it was what it was. It, I, I, I'm not always the biggest fan of those kind of endings, but the fact it made me laugh, I was like, well, that's my bar going into this. Is If I'm entertained, if I can escape from the crappy real world right now, then that's a thumbs up from me. So me laughing at it because it was a little bit silly, that works. That's a thumbs up on this rare occasion. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I bloody love that match. It turns out high-octane, spot-heavy gimmick matches work incredibly well in these empty arena shows, which is, there yeah, awesome. So, yes, and I've said that going from awesome to disappointment, I guess, as I'm going up this card in reverse. I've talked about the main matches, if you join in late. Uh, the fourth match of the night was the Intercontinental Championship with Daniel Bryan, who is joined by Gr- Drew Gulak, not Grugadulak. <laughs> Grugadulak, I like that name. Uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan joined by Grugadulak, <laughs> who was challenging for the Intercontinental Championship against... Sami Zayn with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura continuing his trend of making the WrestleMania card, even if he's doing Jack. <laughs> like he makes that card every year. It's gonna keep happening. And like my first notes for this was wrestling and shenanigans. Or really, I'd call this shenanigans and a little bit of wrestling. Which I know if you're the kind of person who tunes in for those five star classics and you saw Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan on the card and you saw the people at ringside Cesaro, Nakamura, Gulak, all five of those names just oh scream wrestling is <laughs> what it screams. Um, that's not what we were given, and those the kind of audience who is really into like the like, high quality wrestling, yeah. You would have hated this, especially given the people involved and the anticipation just by looking at that. Especially if you don't watch Raw and SmackDown and you've not seen that their interactions on SmackDown have pretty much been this. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting to say the least. <laughs> to say. Um, the match started with an immediate cue of shouting and ringside fun with Sami Zayn, who was jumping out of the ring constantly. Uh, Brian eventually had enough, so he jumped out and inside Sami Zayn. Uh, how he goes again. Ringside chase. Uh, eventually Drew Gulak got annoyed. I said his name correctly, damn it. Drew Gulak <laughs> eventually had enough and took everybody out. Nakamura, you're gone. Cesaro, you're gone. Uh, in the pre-show, Cesaro got the best of Gulak. But here, uh, Gulak got the best of them. Uh, Zayn tries to escape up the ramp, uh, but gets speared by Brian and brought, brought back into the ring. Five minutes in and Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan finally gets into some wrestling. <laughs> this is exactly what I was talking about, where the people who want those five-star classics, there was like nothing for five minutes. <laughs> it's just constant running about and doing stuff. So I thought I'd read something about Sami Zayn wrestling less because of he's like built up injuries over time and he's not got a great back right now at the moment. I, th- I thought I'd read that. Uh, that could be utter nonsense. Like, correct me if I'm wrong there. But it was interesting, I guess, just to see so many shenanigans. It kind of just reminded me of that. Oh yeah, does he generally? Is this generally like a serious thing where he doesn't wrestle that much, or is this just overbooked shenanigans? 
for a match with these guys in it, and that will definitely piss off a large amount of people. Rich Latter of One Nation Radio over on the Social Suplex Network. I bet you this is pure pain for him. <laughs> he hated this. <laughs> I can, I've not I've not talked to him. I've not asked him, but I know. he. We would have despised this, and there's going to be a rant on One Nation Radio this week. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, anyway, with the uh, wrestling finally getting underway, we got a forceful suicide dive that made me go, oh, f- that just... Like, shortly followed by the dragon straight up torturing the poor Canadian. Like, beating the hell out of Sami Zayn. And, uh, like, the lad had a couple of moments, but as JBL called it, this is a straight up assault from Daniel Bryan. I could try an accent. Oh, do I do the southern accent? Not at 4am, I don't. (laughs) There's nothing. Uh, Maybe tomorrow. I mean, it'll be be later, if anything. (laughs) Tomorrow, we'll see. Um, But yes... This was until this moment of dominance was until Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro came back from the nether of which they were sent, uh, quickly taking out the two lads. But when Brian flew over the top, he was caught trying to take out both Shin and Cesaro. Uh, he was caught. Wait, I've said that wrong correctly. He did actually take out Cesaro and Nakamura. Then he climbed to the top rope to do a diving kick or something at Sami Zayn. But Sami Zayn caught him with a standing halluva kick and Sami Zayn won. Like, oh my word. <laughs> that caught me by surprise. <laughs> and my immediate reaction was any other company, like any other company, and we had, we would have just seen a classic. However, WWE, WrestleMania 36... Here, we got a solid early mid-card, two stars of shenanigans. Like, hey, everybody in this match played their roles well. They were just mid-card, nothing roles. So, I can't go, oh, the five of you were... uh," It's like, no, these were the roles they were given. They played them perfectly, but I'm I'm not going to sing that many praises. (laughs) Because this match was nothing. Of course, that's why I also thought... That's my immediate thing was, was there actually... Issues with Sami Zayn, was he not able to go the full, I guess, width of a classic Sami, Sami Zayn-Daniel Bryan match you've got in your head? Like, was he just unable, hence all of the shenanigans, to kind of protect that? Uh, if so, it's a bit weird, he holds the championship. Again, I say a bit weird, who knows when the next batch of shows will get taped, given current situations. But yeah, it, this batch, I call this the disappointment of the night. But it also, the way that SmackDown set it up, this entirely fit that. It was just the names given in this batch, you just assumed you'd get something a bit better than this. <laughs> but the slot on the card, and the way it had been built up on SmackDown, the way the characters were feeling, uh, with just people constantly ringside, so you're expecting shenanigans, we got shenanigans, that's what this match was. So yeah, it's, it's uh, I guess, a little bit... I felt a little bit disappointed afterwards. Because I was expecting something so much grander, so much bigger. And all we got was uh, shenanigans, not really wrestling things. The biggest wrestling we got was Daniel Bryan beating the crap out of Sami Zayn. And then eventually Sami Zayn wins with a off with distraction win. It was weird. I was just expecting Daniel Bryan to pick up the win as well, which is another switch, another swerve I wasn't expecting. I think remember I said on Thursday, like, if it entertains me, if I can escape, then... I won't mind. I'll, I'll be honest, the fact that I'm complaining about this, this I much, much prefer this than complaining about actual issues. <laughs> so I'm happy I can escape into complaining about wrestling stuff. Yeah, that, that's that's my way of transitioning <laughs> off of that match. <laughs> yeah, because it's a little bit sad. Anyway, match number three. 
I don't know whether to call this disappointment, because what we got was good. It just ended suddenly. It's a weird one. The Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Immediate reaction. Third. Okay, then. <laughs> this is odd. Like At this point, it sank in that, ah, we might be in for a night of WWE peaks and troughs, which kind of explains the Intercontinental Championship that followed this. Like, it's an odd modern-day trope, like, even odder given the technically shorter card length. Like, it makes sense in WrestleMania cards where they're five, 500 hours long, but here, it's like, yeah. But another thought was, oh, we can make, like, Batista and Undertaker in 2007 and steal this thing. They didn't really. I mean, they had, they, what they did that was good, it was just that the ending was, uh, it's especially enough if you followed NXT. So I saw, uh, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, it might be Sean Rossett. I can't remember. Somebody tweeted that, uh, oh, we've seen this uh, victory against Shayna Baszler so many times. Ah, but not on the main roster. Not seen this once on the main roster. And that's maybe why it's perfectly fine, I guess, for me. If it's not on the main roster, it's not canon. Or is it canon? It's not canon at the moment. It's canon for Ripley, but it's not canon for Baszler. <laughs> that's the way I'm taking it. So, that happened. But that's where it sank in for me. That we'll be getting peaks and troughs, which I was like, oh, this trend again. Good thing was from the ladder match onwards, no troughs, just all peaks. That was awesome to see. Uh, Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton didn't want commentary for this one. So nice little, we got changes of commentary. I think that was a nice little kind of change of sound. It did help with that. Uh, Fisty cuffs from the start. Both lasses working it stiff as F. Uh, a noise spine buster from Baszler uh, on the apron exchange ending with an FDSTO onto the hardest part of the ring it's back <laughs> uh, five minutes in and this match clearly felt like another level which was just uh, I was like yes this, this, these two like really are compared to what had come before this like just yes or especially the match before this match number two. Ooh, oh dear <laughs> but yeah this match yeah, I was, like, yes this immediately felt like another level and I was really into it for, at this starting point. Uh, shout out to Shayna Baszler turning the underhooks into a load of different moves. Like first a slam uh, and then it was a twist into an armbar which looked sweet as hell. Uh, after a fight back, a, uh, a stiff knee into another armbar. Chris Jericho would be proud. So many moves into armbars. <laughs> Even Becky Lynch went in there like doing a rope thing into the disarm her. <laughs> it's like just arm submissions and holds just... Oh, so many. Happy Chris Jericho. Uh, Lynch is... Uh, it felt like Lynch's tactic in this was to bring the viciousness. But that was like winningly taking the fight in Baszler's Park, like where she's easily able to dominate. And that happened quite a lot. Uh, a nasty swing into the announce table. Uh, Becky Lynch tried to fight back with a surprise in wait to disarm her. As he rolled back into the wing, he's like, oh, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. And then Shayna Baszler comes in. Her surprise, I'm not hurt. <laughs> I mean, I am, but I'm, I've got enough energy to actually do something. So, that happened. But that was quickly reversed into a Carafuda clutch. And when Baszler laid back to lock in the clutch, uh, Lynch rolled over and scored the surprise three. And that was it. The ending was seen quite a lot in NXT, but not on the main roster. It was it was weird. In terms of the flow of the match, it felt like this was the point where counters start happening at a rapid pace. But like the first one worked, which <laughs> was a little bit odd. I guess the first counter was into the disarm her. Second counter into Carfuda. Then you you can roll back with that one. But the fact that it was like they'll count it as the third counter. In terms of the flow of the match, this was like the moment like pace gets injected, and that's when it ended. 
that's why it was a little bit odd for me. In terms of building momentum for the match, it was building perfectly. I was really enjoying it. I was really into it. And then it just ended at that point of building to the peak. Which is like, oh, okay then. <laughs> like halfway up the ladder, we decided, nah, that'll do. <laughs> it was like, oh. I mean, it is third match. Third match is often allowed to steal the show. It would be like Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. Still really enjoy that match. This one was a little bit like, oh, okay then. Oh, all right. But that said, it does paint a nice picture of Baszler was really putting Becky Lynch in trouble. Becky Lynch more survived Baszler than she did like beat her like she was proclaiming she was going to. And that could be a nice knock of confidence that she really needs. So, yeah, there is that. Yeah. Um, if you hear the kind of down in tone, it's because it's time to talk about match number two. So I think it's also time to look at the comments <laughs> before I force myself to do that. All right, first speaker. Second, right, Undertaker, the GOAT, or G-O-A-T, the greatest of all time. That is awesome to see positivity around the Undertaker again. As I was saying earlier, that Boneyard match, it has done wonders, really, for the exception of the Undertaker. It's just, yeah, I'm so, really, I'm so surprised it was as good as it was. So, all thumbs round. Yes. Right. Match number two, I forced myself to do it. <laughs> match number two, King Corbin versus Elias. Or is it? It is Elias. Ah, oh, what a what a tease. Oh, what what a tease. <laughs> as I die off a little bit. But uh, as the tea as Elias was like, ah, I am fine, and Corbin's like, what? He charges him on the ramp and guitar across the back to Corbin. Back first into the ring post. Chops. Uh, a big start followed by the exact match I feared it would be. Uh, both lads getting their spots in. Uh, lots of Corbin dominance. Uh, the pace was increased later on as the counters came in, but it never really left second gear. Like it started at forty, went down to ten, and finished at twenty. Now, Elias won with a roll-up after King Corbs was busy arguing with the referee. The most devastating move in WWE. <laughs> it came up quite a few times. Like two matches in a row had roll, surprise roll-up victories. It was like, oh, okay then. But yeah, it was... It, it was, I guess... Uh, I, I saw a couple of, people, couple of people find it fine. Really, it was the best spot on the card for this. Like, any later on, like even third, maybe you'll be, like, you'll be a bit fatigued, more fatigued of what has happened beforehand, and it's just a bit too slow. Second is, like, perfect, really. Now, it's not first, so it's not your pace setter. It's not later on where it's not trying to pick up the pace of anything, or it's not like a troth which is like way too low. Second is fine. Uh, it's just that, yeah, I didn't really care for it anyway. So, yeah, it's a, t- it's a style of wrestling I'm not a massive fan of, where it's pretty slow, but you've got your spots to try and liven it up, but it's like you hit your signature move, and, oh, I didn't get the pin. Oh, and that's kind of the peak moment, really. You can increase the pace of that happening, which they did towards the end, but... Yeah, it was fine. I guess for me, the best moment, I guess best sequence would be Elias went for his elbow, rolled through Miss, and then was caught with the spinny thing <laughs> that Baron Gorman does, whatever that's called. Is it Deep Six? I want to say that's right. So he was caught with that. And uh, yeah, that, that for me, that's the peak peak reaction. <laughs> it was like, oh, we, oh yeah. Like, it was. It looked fine, but I didn't really react to it. Because the pace had already died down at that point. So I guess it's fine. Right. And the final match to talk about. I've not actually talked about uh, Stephanie McMahon at the beginning. 
because I did a tweet that made me laugh and he got a fair few likes, so therefore other people must have laughed too. I spread joy uh, where Stephanie McMahon was talking about the like uh, WrestleMania 36 is being brought to give you joy and entertainment to you and your family uh, during these times. <laughs> and I'm like, as we look around my empty room during a pandemic, <laughs> it's like, yeah, WrestleMania, woo, yeah, with me. Uh, and my family. <laughs> There's a pandemic on. <laughs> that's not. There is no family togetherness. Uh, that's sad. Anyway, but yeah, that's, that's Stephanie McMahon. It was a fine intro. Yeah, I just found that one line kind of funny because at the time I happened to be pouring jelly beans into a bowl to then eat the jelly beans. Obviously, I'm just in a room by myself, and then she said that line, <laughs> and just reality hit. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm in a room by myself. At midnight, pouring jelly beans into a bowl, about to watch wrestling with no crowd. <laughs> it's a reality hit <laughs> at that moment. Uh, but yeah, so, and that's right, in a lockdown situation with less things, no baked goods or anything, no nothing super spectacular, just box of jelly beans. That would last me two nights. And the answer is yes. 15 minutes in, I was sitting there feeling sick. I've eaten too many jelly beans. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm an adult man <laughs> sitting there at quarter past midnight <laughs> with a bowl of jelly beans still and like, oh, I'm going to have to put them back. <laughs> I'm too full. Uh, anyway, uh, the final match to talk about, you can tell I'm drifting away. I'm talking about my jelly beans. No one cares. <laughs> the uh, WWE Tag Team Championships, Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. The opener. And this was fun. Like, yeah. Like from the get-go, lots of taunts shout and shouting from Asuka and Kyrie saying that this is what they're great at. And Asuka, and Alexa Bliss has always been great at reacting to that. Nikki Cross will shout at anything <laughs> in Scottish. <laughs> so, yeah, she was doing that, which is also relatively entertaining. Like our goodies, uh, Bliss and Cross, with lots of inside dives, the two amp things up early on. Uh, it was fast-paced with uh, lots of back and forth. Neither team really holding all the momentum for the first half. Uh, until Kyrie Sane hit Bliss with the double, I guess the Del Rio double stomp thing from the top rope, uh, followed by a lot, which was followed by a long stretch of Kabuki Warrior ing. Just each time Bliss fought back, she was caught and forced to kick out or just knocked down to the mat. So that was the the theme for a little while. Uh, eventually, both her and Asuka, with both her and Asuka down, the double tag was made, and even back and forth ensued. Um, Nikki Cross successfully fought off her foes but Sane was able to break up a pin with the swinging neck breaker oh that's not right Sane was able to break up the pin after a swinging neck breaker with the sweet insane elbow there we go, knew that was how it worked uh, next Asuka with the Asuka lock requiring Bliss to jump in from the other turnbuckle in with the twisted Bliss like the reverse of the last bit noise <laughs> wrestling uh, lots of more back and forth. Like each side got close near falls. Uh, Kabuki Warrior the closest with a doomsday device modified with Sane's awesome leaping elbow. That looked great. Uh, the team's peak. That was the team's peak for the Kabuki Warriors. As soon as that really, uh, that the momentum swung hard and Kari Sane was then down. A twisted bliss to the knees. The hardest part of the wrestler body <laughs> uh, was enough for the win. Damn right, the hardest part of gag was to set that up. <laughs> uh, a title change to not even the wind. Sure is a strange silence. Uh, but it was a fun match. I enjoyed the opener. It, it set the tone for the show perfectly fine. As in, nothing 
insane part of the pun. But then it was like a perfect pace setter, and it went, it went, it had peaks after that. It had troughs after that. Uh, that's really all you can ask for, really. And I generally enjoyed the show. So yeah, like even Michael Cole and JB on commentary, like in, in two thousand and seven, they were truly great. Like I loved them in two thousand and seven. Uh, truly unbearable when they were paired with Michael Cole six years later. Like, and which one did we get? Uh, I guess in between. Like, I was perfectly fine with them. Uh, also, with the sound leveling and editing, I'm assuming it was relatively rushed given circumstances. But uh, there were quite a few times where you just couldn't hear the commentator like at all, <laughs> which is the downside of having them in the arena. I guess is that you get that like, when the music plays in a like a small a small place like that and there isn't any any bodies there to soak up the sound or whatever like yeah they're just going to get drowned out by the music and that's the that's the way it is that's the song that's the, don't sing it on YouTube <laughs> right. and that brings me to the end of night one of Wrestlemania 36 it's crazy it's bloody crazy what's uh, what it actually is it's weird it's you certainly unique, but I did enjoy it. I have, and like seemingly most people, like I've not had any negative comments sent, sent in on the YouTube feed. I've not had anything on Twitter negative. I've not checked the Laws of Pain site. Uh, it's probably negative there, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen quite a lot of positivity, especially towards the ending. Like they ended the show on a high note, which is often something WWE get wrong. Like Hell in a Cell, like it, it opened up with one of the matches of the year, Becky Lynch Tessa Banks, but. As soon as I say Hell in a Cell 2019, immediately it's The Fiend Seth Rollins. Like, that final note, that final sting that you leave the fans with, that they, that taste in your mouth, what, is it good, is it bad? Like, there's been, in 2019, there's way too much bad final tastes. And before this pay-per-view, there are quite a few sour tastes as well. Now, you had the amazing Men's Royal Rumble, big thumbs up, but then you had Goldberg beating The Fiend, and you had Baszler winning the Chamber, Basically, winning the table was the right character beat, but it wasn't a happy feeling kind of taste to send you into WrestleMania. Like, no, it was fine. It was a, it was the right character beat, but it wasn't like a it wasn't a nice tasting. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's twenty past four in the morning, and I got to do this again tomorrow. Hey, <laughs> if, if I was on video, I would you see me like ah. Uh, just the smile fading, <laughs> as I realise. Uh, anyway, thank you to the crazy people who have listened to me babble on for an hour in the middle of the night about pro wrestling. For me, to a wall, but I've had responses back. So that's, that really helps with the sanity part of it. Uh, so tomorrow, we have got the Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre, Charlotte Flair versus Ray Ripley, and more. Again, it's 20 past four. I'm not reading off the rest. They did that all for you uh, at, on, on the show itself, as I stutter away. Anyway, I'll be back with that tomorrow. Uh, please do check out all the other shows here on Laws of Pain, uh, .net and radio and YouTube or whatever. Uh, plans to do more stuff, but obviously current situation has thrown a spanner into the works in terms of doing stuff. Uh, and turns out getting things to make it isn't a priority shipping. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to this. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow after WrestleMania 36 Night 2, hopefully with a similar feeling. Everyone's going to this happy and glad that they've checked it all out. Uh, I want to do one final check of speaker just in case. It really is the case at this point. Anyway, thank you for listening. I'm, I'm repeating myself because I need to sign off but I keep remembering and I need to plug something. Oh, follow me <laughs> as I go. Follow me on Twitter at the damn Implicat. I also write columns for laws of pain.net under the name The Implications or Imp. 
and I'll be, I'm normally posting every week, but because I'm busy with this, I will not be posting this week, but uh, Tito's got a column up, and I know the others have as well, uh, 255 had one during the week as well, it's awesome numbers on AEW, uh, please check out the other shows on LOP Radio, uh, if you're listening to the podcast feed, that's really easy to find, all of that is there, if you go to the Laws of Pain page post for this show. Also, oh, I've not got anything amazing to plug. Like like the video, just engagement. The, the chats are awesome as well. Just engagement. That's what helps build this up and get this rolling a, a bit more. Uh, there's nothing crazy to plug. <laughs> well, I haven't set up a Patreon yet or anything. None of that normal YouTuber thing at the moment. So, anyway. Thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. With that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Cool. Oh dear, nearly a hundred people listen to that nonsense. <laughs> right. Anyway, I will be back tomorrow. Podcast feed people. So like, that's what your bonus to see my reactions. Like, oh, that many people listen to that bull. <laughs> okay then. I can't really close it anyway. Uh, I will be back tomorrow, as I've already said. Uh, I just bid you adieu. I'm waffling on. <laughs> you'll hear by the end of this weekend. You'll be done with me. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.